0: Welcome to the Cav Manning interview, part of the Lingus Mafia podcasting family in association with the Wrestlingus Show. You can find all of your nonsensical needs anywhere you find podcasts, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, just type in at Lingus Mafia, also on Patreon.com slash Lingus Mafia. This week, I am joined by one of the most iconic wrestlers from the 90s a character that everybody knows if they watched wrestling in the 90s. In fact, he won Best Gimmick in 1995. This is none other than Glenn Gilberti, also known as the Disco Inferno. He has won multiple titles, including the WCW Cruiserweight Championship one time, WCW Tag Team Championships one time with Alex Wright, and WCW World Television Championship two times. He can currently be heard on Keeping It 100 with Conan, wherever you get your podcasting needs. Without further ado, let's jump into our interview, shall we? Enjoy. What's up, Lingus Mafia? It's me, Kev. You know me, obviously, from the Lingus Mafia. I am along with my guest this week. You guys all know him from podcasts that are current, but old folks like me know him best from WCW fame, and that is Mister Disco Inferno.
1: What's going on? Oh, thanks for well, what a what a bears mark you are,
0: a dude! Like, oh my god, nobody could say I'm a bandwagon. None. No,
1: not at all. I got a Bears
0: tattoo. I'm, yes, I'm, uh, I've been there since, fuck, I was 10 years old, nine years old, (laughs) turning 10. Right. (laughs) So. I remember
1: the Bears fans, we used to make, they used to make fun of them on Saturday Night Live. Yes. You know, they're right, yes. And it's, (laughs) and it is
0: real. It is, that is Bears fans, and we still all hold 85. (laughs) You know, I was uh 10 when they won the Super Bowl, so I've been there forever. You, uh. You grew up in, or you were born in Brooklyn, right?
1: Yeah, born in in Brooklyn, moved to Atlanta when I was three.
0: Oh, okay. So I was born in New York, moved to Illinois when I was about three.
1: Where were you born in New York?
0: I was born in Flushing, Mets fan.
1: Oh, Flushing? Yes.
0: Oh, Jesus. Uh, So you're a Braves, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I
0: got to suffer with this.
1: I used to to be a, um, like I was a Braves, Falcons, um, and I was Atlanta Flames season ticket holder, but in 1979 they moved to Calgary, which ironically was the first year of cable television, when we got WOR and USA Network, which had away Ranger games, and USA Network would have Ranger home games. Huh. So I just immediately, when when the when the when the Flames left for Calgary, I just immediately adopted and became a Ranger fan. No, because kid. of cable TV because I was young.
0: Huh. Yeah. So that's and, your teams. You got your Braves. Well, Brave,
1: Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and um, uh, I, I still like the Rangers a little bit, but, but I'm a Vegas Golden Knights fan.
0: So it kind of works that when you go to WCW, everything's based in Atlanta. You're like, you're I mean, there.
1: Well, that's they, they wanted people living in Atlanta because it was a it was a, a travel hub for for Delta. They because these flights to Delta, it's, you know, Delta can fly anywhere out of out of Atlanta. Okay, you know, there's no like layovers it's like direct flights everywhere out of out of Atlanta. How do you know? He- kind of like like kinda these other like Dallas is a hub and.
0: O'Hare, hair, yeah, yeah, one of yeah. those, yeah. So, so what makes, uh, so I'm assuming you're going with your parents because they moved to Atlanta. Right. What makes them move? Uh, how long were they in New York before this? All their lives or?
1: Yeah, born and raised.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is it a job that makes them go to Atlanta?
1: Yeah, yeah, have okay. a dad's job. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you're going to Atlanta. So I, I'm watching, I watch a documentary on you on YouTube and I'm like, let me get a couple of notes here of what they say. About you, documentary.
1: Who who did the documentary?
0: I will look this up before we go uh, because if you just type in uh, "disco inferno" documentary, it's like the first thing, and it's an it's an English guy um, or an Irish guy, one of these, and he does multiple people, and he was a fan of yours, and he goes through you know your WCW stuff. And a right. few things, I'm like, oh, I didn't know this or that, and I want to see if everything is accurate, which would be interesting. He says uh, you were a bit of a tape junkie growing up, like you would everything with wrestling, recording wrestling, and all this kind of stuff. Which I'm like, this was my world forever, where I have well, recorded I, everything.
1: I wasn't so much a the t- yeah. I guess I guess you could say that, but like I, the thing is, with growing up in Atlanta, if you were a wrestling fan, right? hmm. And I started becoming a wrestling fan in my early, like early teen years, obviously, like like most people do, right? Okay. Um, I can't even remember exactly how old I was, but so you I don't remember your first
0: thing about wrestling, right? like the first thing you see that goes, "Oh my god!"
1: I just remember that there was, um, I was a teenager, and so we had, uh, you know, we had WCW Saturday, you know, the um, World Championship Wrestling mm-hmm. on at six o'clock on Saturday night. You had that, then you had um, the WWE. From W.O.R. Okay. Okay. So we had that. Then we had the USA Network, which once a month would show the Madison Square Garden shows. on USA. That was the thing on USA Network. So I get the the garden shows. But then they had a, um, there was this guy named Joe Petticino. And he was just like a, you know, like a mark, but he's a TV guy. And and he ran a show on Saturday nights at eight o'clock in Atlanta. Uh, It was seven hours of wrestling from different parts of the country. Wow. So it was like, you know, like, like continental, mid south. This isn't like a public eight, access.
0: This is on a main channel, seven no, hours. No,
1: no, no, not public access. But it was like channel thirty six. It was like a local channel. Okay, you know, it wouldn't right, but it, but it wasn't public access, right? It was a local channel. And um, they just said it said like seven hours of wrestling from all over, and I would like record the the, the Saturday nights if we watch them, bit, then record the rest. But I was watching. Seven, nine, like eleven to thirteen hours of wrestling every week. Mm. Mm. You know, like that—that that was that was my viewing, and it was all mostly on the weekends. You know, no. Plus, they had, you know, Monday, uh, Tuesday night Titans. Remember that yeah. show? Yeah, on, yeah, had, yeah. So there was like there was just a lot of content, and most of the content was on the weekends.
0: See, I, know, like, I had to deal with the superstars because I didn't have cable forever, so it was Fox, and it was when Superstars was on, like. I didn't even really know of WCW at all. That was always, I always thought that was like a minor league thing. And like the more you grow up, you go, okay, it's, you know, you get it. But it's, uh, it was always superstars and it was always just the enhancement matches. And that was all you got to do. So when Saturday night uh, main event came around, you were like dying for something for a real match. Right. Right. So, do you get into wrestling with your your buddies? Like, do you do like with what we've all done had, with a mattress a, yeah, and you know?
1: Yeah, I had a couple friends that that were into it too.
0: Did you ever make you know, belts? You have,
1: like a, you have a collection of guys that, that watch wrestling. There's probably like four or five of us that were that were like kind of diehard fans. When these you- were also guys that were like in my fantasy football leagues and stuff later on. You know, so like the people that like you grow you know, up, like, yeah, you we know, grow up with, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you – uh? are you guys – do you guys make uh, cardboard belts like I used to have? No, we didn't all that. that. No, we didn't have cardboard belts. <laughs> I had all the – all we the because we, we couldn't get belts. We did put mattresses
1: in the backyard Okay, or nothing like that.
0: See, we had mattresses in the basement of my buddy's side. We would go spend the night on a weekend and right. have matches with uh, fucking ventriloquist dummies, all kind of shit, and tag team, right. all kind of shit. Um. Would you consider yourself in high school a jock, a nerd that didn't like, was into the wrestling or popular? I, I, played, every,
1: I played all the sports. I, I played, I played soccer instead of baseball. But I played every sport. Okay, so I was looking at you know you play sports, you play intramurals, you play. In your neighborhood, like it was, I was very, very athletic oriented.
0: Okay, like and, we
1: would play pickup football, so just, just everything, you know, pickup basketball, everything.
0: Sure. Are you into? And I was, uh,
1: sure, I was, big, I was big into street hockey, deck, deck hockey back then. Okay. Yeah, so
0: yeah, same as what I used to do. All that nonsense in the streets. I was uh, outside yeah. more than inside as a kid. Yeah. Um, do you start uh, lifting at what age? Like doing working out, I could, like seriously In college, twenty
1: is twenty, twenty, twenty-one. I, I started weight training like pretty you know started getting into it so when I do never you, back really.
0: when do you start really saying i might want to give this wrestling a shot and start to sniff around of where might i well, go I to just do this well i had a uh,
1: my old soccer coach was a friend of the family you know that we always spend like christmas dinner over their house or you know we spent holidays at their house right mm-hmm. growing up and uh he was um the travel agent for for the NWA okay and so it's pretty good he like had it connected. He knew, he knew Ole Anderson and stuff the, you know, he's friends, friends with him and stuff. And, uh, and just like, it just like asked me if I wanted, wanted, you know, when I, when I was old enough, like, you know, do you want to try out? Cause I was like in decent shape and everything. So mm-hmm. I said, yeah. And I, I tried out and I never looked back. So when, when
0: you go to this tryout, because I, I that's what the guy says in the documentary that you, a travel agent friend told you about this. And so okay, right. it says, Oh, you pass the tryout. I'm mm-hmm. like, where are you going for this tryout, and what does the tryout involve? Because is it one of they're those things where they're just—I uh, don't remember taking specific, just like b- basic
1: first day of wrestling stuff.
0: Do people fail, do and like they go, "We can't we, accept you," or oh, you got money? I'm taking. Well, you? Well,
1: they, uh, yeah, absolutely. It wasn't that. It wasn't like. Are um, no, not frozen? I lost you. Did you yeah. lose me, or I lose you? Uh, you disappeared from me. I
0: saw your uh, oh, bars so, go yeah, to X, yeah. and that was that. Right. Um, yeah.
1: so you're saying like,
0: <clears throat> I, I went to train, uh, to be a manager in, uh, APW. I always, I almost say E every time APW, you know, that was from the beyond the mat movie with Roland Alexander. I
1: don't, I don't, I don't remember these like small organization. Like, you know, like, no, well that AP, was the big, whatever, whatever that is. But I that was
0: know. that documentary with Jake, the snake in the hotel room, that big famous documentary beyond the mat.
1: Yeah. But I, I don't, I, I wouldn't okay. remember the the, the organization, okay. name, you know, but, sure. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I went to train there and it was like, yeah, you, you train and people dropped out left and right. But if you had the money you were in, no matter what. So right. is this kind of the thing like this where they could see you have some athletic ability, but is there anybody in there who's like horrific and they go, yeah, sure. We'll train you.
1: No. Well, I, my my training group was, was they were all like.
0: Athletes what's and word good. I want
1: to use <laughs> athletic. Yeah. yeah. Like, but, but it's like a as a fast forward. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to train at, uh, uh, the school here, the, uh, you know, future stars of wrestling here in Vegas. Okay. FSW. It it, it definitely was not like, you know, there was, there was people that should not be, you know, like, they can't even do the roles, you know, like, like the full, like summers, like they can't do a somersault, (laughs) you know, I'm like, you know, and I'm going like, all right, whatever, you know? So I'm like, why do you want to do this (laughs) yeah you can't even do it so you're gonna get hurt you know dude so all right whatever so
0: i remember i went to my school and my mother was with him to make sure it wasn't like a scam and she goes right is there anybody you tell no (laughs) and they go and his response was he goes who am i to tell them they can't pursue their dream sure it might be out of reach and i go that is true if you want to do it and you go listen it might be a little rough but if you want to do it you could do it you know
1: You know, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it, there should be, you know, and I know schools are like, you know, if you step training and stuff, everything, they give you kind of like a flat fee. Yeah. You know, like you pay to train, but it's like in the, in the, in the big picture, it's like, obviously, you know, some people should be paying less than others and others should be paying more because of the effort you have to put into teach these people. And, and, you know, the level of skill they have and how slow they learn, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, so I never had like, you know, like th- that's the thing with me is even like, you know, when I grew up, uh, when I was fit, I tried personal training, like, like a couple times, a couple times. And I, and I was, you know, I had a couple like novice, you know, people I was training. Sure. And it was just like, I, I couldn't do it. You know, the, 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 the <laughs> level, like, like the skill level was like, was the bars coming down so like this low. when they pulled out. Well, just like, you know, it, it just wasn't worth my time Yeah. for what I was charging them, you know? So, so that be, so I quit that. But like, it's the same thing. And like, you know, professional wrestling, like, dude, I, I picked everything up really, 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 really fast.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, like, I see like people that, that train, like they've been a developmental for two, three, four years. Yeah. So that's like five days a week to go in there. <laughs> I'm like, you know, at some point you got to just figure if they, they haven't gotten it yet. Cause, cause I trained twice a week for five weeks and I was done.
0: Okay. And then it was like, time I, for a match
1: after that. I, they, I paid up and it's like, all right, the, the, the only thing you can do now is like, you know, go work in front of people. So how much you, know, you I, was, pay? I was green, but it's like, I picked up, but, but I could hit, I, I picked up. And then this is the one, the one thing that you can tell how quickly wrestlers are going to get it. Okay. Okay. Just is that they when, when you, you know where your head and your feet are in the ring, Okay, it's like, there's no just, unsure. you know, you like, you could just tell people that are green because their body movements are not from the head to the toes that they, they don't look fluid or organic or like a core, like, like, like they're thinking like their brain is, is not you know, developed enough in the, in the professional wrestling sense to where everything looks comfortable, like all your movements, it's, it's like a you can one, tell two,
0: three turn. You're, and it's, you're
1: thinking of yeah. things and like, maybe you're, you're, you think your right arm is supposed to go up right now. <laughs> so, you know, I just, yeah. you, know it's, you can tell, but I was very, I picked up because I knew how to throw a punch and kick. Like, like, you know, my working punch a day is the same as it was when I was 15 years old. Okay. You know, so I, I can throw a good working punch, but, um, uh, but I picked up hitting the ropes and bumping like, like instantly. And then, so, so I just like, I fast forwarded through like a whole portion of training where, you know, people learn to hit the ropes and you get that takes some people a long time to, 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 to do that shit, mm-hmm. you know? And I was always good. Like, you know, did I hit the ropes? I was doing it right. The next thing you know, so it's like, let's do drop down drills. I like hit the rope and I, I just, my head and my feet were, were. Like where they, you know, I knew what I was doing. Okay. So I just, I just did five, five weeks, twice a week. And I was, I was done. So did you pay your whole thing right up front or are you would do a monthly? No, I paid in pieces. Okay. You know, like, like, you know, so it was a course of over like, like two months.
0: What, what kind of job were you doing?
1: Uh, what was I doing at the time? I was working just like odd jobs, mm-hmm. like working security, stuff like that. You know, just, yeah. So just trying to make, you know.
0: they say they sent you off to a training place. Where, where are you being sent to for the, the training?
1: Well, it was, just, it was just an auction barn in Alfreda, Georgia. It wasn't like a tree. It was just, you know, it's just a building that they ran shows in. It had a ring in and stuff. It was like, you know, right in the middle of nowhere. And you, but, I mean, you're I mean, it was doing it with ass? It was like, a, it was like a, bar, a big barn. So you could get like, you know, three, two, 300 people there to watch shows and stuff. So, so originally it's with Bill Eady. Well, he wasn't, it was his school, but he wasn't the guy that was training. Okay. He would show up every once in a while. But the Steve the Brawler Lawler mm-hmm. was, was my trainer. Okay. Excellent trainer too. So, you know, so it's like he's yeah, he trained Bagwell. Um, you know, he trained, trained a couple guys that ended up making it. So
0: so the main name on the thing is oh my god, this is Axe's place. So it would bring a name, bring yeah. people to that name.
1: Um Yeah, let me tell you, I got a funny story sure. here, too. This is hysterical. So um there was a uh uh we were working a show and like you know, we work at the auction bar, right? Mm-hmm. And and my trainer had a, um, had a brother, his younger brother was doing it, but my trainer was like a bigger guy, you know, like he was close to 300 pounds. Um, but he was athletic, you know, he, he, could move around and, okay. but his little brother was, was, was a wrestler too. And there was a, uh, there was a match one time where like these kids, these people came from North Carolina, like they, they had some, it's an, it's an indie show, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and my but my trainer's brother had a hurt shoulder at the time. Okay. So there was, there was this, 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 little, this kid, you know, that was in there with him and everything. And like the kid was like a pretty, you know, the kid's name was kid vicious. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, but he was just a little runt, you know, like skinny, like, and everything. But there was, there was a spot in the match where it looked like he was working over my, my trainer's brother's arm. And it looked like he was, it was like, the, like he was shooting on him. Mm hmm. So my trainer like hit the ring on this kid, <laughs> okay, and like you know, boom, like you know, so what the fuck, the kid ran up, but the kid didn't back down, and like you know, my, my trainer I weighed him by like 150 pounds, uh-huh. and the kid wouldn't wouldn't back down and stuff, all that stuff. <laughs> and I was like, this is so, so funny. This is my first year in the business, maybe first couple shows I'd ever wrestled on, like this, maybe maybe the second show ever I'd ever I'd ever been on, yeah. Right? And it was just funny, like later on in life, I was like looking at the, the uh, and, and Shane Helms tweeted out like the thief, like his, his days, is kid vicious. Oh, no and shit. I was, like, and I was like, that was Shane Helms. Wow. You know, back in the day? It's like I never you knew and I put dude dude, I was like, wait a second, you were kid vicious? And I I like told him this story yeah. about the kid vicious know, stuff you know, so that, that's like where I go No kid like you go back in time and like you, you think of stuff like that, but that was a pretty funny story. Well, it shows you know? he's a
0: good worker that everybody believed yeah, right. he was really <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> went
1: after it. Yeah. So yeah. when after you when you have
0: your first match, the documentary says they give you an envelope that's empty.
1: Ah, uh, second week I got an empty envelope. The first week was like twenty dollars. So I'm thinking, you know? I go, oh, maybe he
0: still owed money, and this is just there. Well, that goes toward well, your is, fees, kid. My,
1: well, my first couple matches is something they're not paying you nothing. You know, Such so a like, your balls. Got, like, when you're working one. indies at the, you know, this is the, you know, mid '90s. Mm-hmm. You know, you were expecting like twenty or forty or fifty bucks a match.
0: Hot dog and a handshake.
1: So, yeah. So if I ever got like a gig, like I, I got a gig where we went over to um uh, like Mississippi to wrestle one time, but I was getting like $125 a night oh. for like each, and it was like a loop around casinos and stuff like, uh-huh. like riverboat casinos around Mississippi and see the Indian casinos. And, the, and to me, that was like, wow, 125, you know, that, that's like big, big money for an indie guy. Yeah, back sure. Then. You know, if you're getting, if you're getting over a hundred, yeah. that was like, you know, what you're getting, you know, but usually it was like 50 bucks, you know, was, was my price. But, but like at the auction bar and that was, you know, 20 minutes from my house, so like I would you know you do those shows they pay you twenty bucks it's kind of like part of your training you're, sure you know your but it's like you know, you don't you don't care about the money back then but it's like you know when you were getting over a hundred it was like wow that's you know oh I I hit it big this week you know <laughs> for, yeah. yeah
0: our main guy was a guy named Mike Modest he was in WCW for a real yeah of course but
1: Modest it's trained you know, like we we trained he he trained a lot of the guys here at okay. SW too yeah, yeah. So oh yeah, yeah. I, I, he, he was I like he was more the primary trainer oh the, the, just to fast forward sure. when I when I got back uh let's talk about training and I don't have like the patience for like other stuff. So when I would go train my class on Wednesdays would just be striking and selling
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, that's all I want to teach. Okay. I don't want to, teach, you know, I don't, I, you know, I, 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 some guys can do the grunt work and teach lockups. Sure. And, yeah. And to me, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you know, that's, I'm this, it's like, you're, yeah, you know, I don't want to sound like e- egotistical, but if like you're in, you know college professor you don't want to go back In first grade sure. and, and like sit in the Class and do the math yeah the kids, you know you're know, so You're
0: teaching right. the showmanship more than
1: Right the right thanks why so, yeah. I would Teach the, my selling point with The, the with, with guys I taught And they would probably tell you This you know like you could ask you know Kevin cross toast would tell this story that like I teach you It's like if I see you're skilled I'm teaching you to get hired By the people that that Cause I know the people that hire, I've worked with the people that run shows and hire, mm-hmm. like I, I will get you, I'll teach you to impr- get, a, you know, to impress them.
0: Yeah. What's going to that, catch that's the their skills. eye. Like,
1: Cause I know, I know what guys, like, I know what Jeff Jarrett liked. I know what Don Callis liked. I know, you know, I, I know what these guys like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, so I'm teaching you stuff when they get their eyes on you and you get a trial, you, you're good. They're going to be impressed by your work.
0: Yeah. They're going to see know,
1: what Right, that's what I that's what I would sell, you know? So that's you.
0: Know. So what name are you going by originally when you uh hit the indies?
1: Oh, it's funny. So uh, the um well, I started off with, did, did this stupid gimmick with me like the the very first thing I ever did ever, okay. right? Is they called me like the slave. The and there was slave. like this woman character like manager and she like bring me out. I was like and I was, like, was bringing you out for today? like one for like one or two shows, right? Yeah. But then I wasn't, and it was funny because uh, it was a cable access, not not cable access. Did you have that, a mask that, that, on, 30s. like with a ball or anything? No, 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 no. But but then I I did did put a mask on. Okay. And then I, then it was the magnificent one, because I was a big I was a big uh, Don Morocco fan. Okay. And when he was when he did the mask that he did a mask gimmick in Florida years ago, but yeah, I remember that. But he was he was the the magnificent M. Huh. And like everybody's saying, remember your mask wrestlers? They would always like you knew who it was. Well, yeah. sometimes you didn't really know who it was. Cause you didn't have like the accent, like a guy would come, maybe you've seen him in the wrestling magazines and stuff, but he would come to a territory and then you would try to, you know, they he keep his identity hidden? Sometimes you knew, but, so, but sometimes you did know. Yeah. Right. Like, it was funny that they, they, whenever they did a gimmick where like, a, like the midnight rider, like Dusty Rose, sure. even, and then, of course everybody knew Dusty was the midnight rider. Yeah. How you missed was <laughs> like, like, like Tommy rich, uh, like, like lost a loser leave town and, and, and you know, and, Georgia championship wrestling. Mm-hmm. Right. And he came back as the masked Mr. R. Right. Oh, damn. And like, <laughs> you know, so like, he comes back as a mascot of Gordon Solie's there with her. He's like, you know, he's like, well, a lot of people think that you're, you're indeed Tommy rich. And he's like, yeah, this is you know, Tommy yeah. Rich. is like, no, 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 man, no, brother. He goes, <laughs> Tommy Rich. He's from Hendersonville, Tennessee. He goes, me, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. So I could <laughs> with Tommy, that accent, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the, with the again. So I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. You know, so but it's just funny stuff like that. So I just, I, I did the math for a little bit. Then I was, uh, I was a Brooklyn stud, Glenn Gilbertetti. And the funny thing was, is like, my name's Glenn Gilbert. Yeah, right? I was like, they just put a little. <laughs> Well, twist. it was funny because the guy that was the announcer for the guy that ran the show and was the announcer for the, for the group, the group, I work with, it's called North Georgia championship wrestling. And his name was Sammy Kent, but he was illiterate. Like he mm. couldn't, he, his, his reading and writing were not good. Yeah, Right. So it's like, like, we had a group called the Nasty Critters, okay? And okay. They, they were two, like, garbage collector guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and but, but he would, like, write on the, write on the sheet, you know, the thing, because his English wheel is just, maybe his dyslexic or something. He'd write, like, the Nasty crittle, oh, like, wow. C R I T T L, like, stuff like So, when I wrestled, but, like, I was going to be doing my debut match, mm-hmm. you know, he had the name there as, like, Glenn Gilberty, all right? But he, like, misread it and <laughs> called me Glenn Gilbernetti. Jesus. And because he said Glenn Gilbernetti, mm-hmm. like accidentally instead of reading my yeah. real name something, I became You're Glenn stuck. Gilbernetti, right? So, so the the the, the dirt cheats put, put you know Glenn Gilbernetti. So then I was like, I was Glenn Gilbernetti, like just by like a mistake. Yeah. And I was Glenn Gilbernetti for a while. Like I never <laughs> went back and was Glenn Gilbernetti because like I was already Glenn Gilbernetti and I was getting booked as Glenn Gilbernetti and, yeah. and the dirt just So it'd be kind of. I just feel all right. Well, and I don't want to use your real name, so I'll just I'll just be Glenn Gilbernetti So I was like the Brooklyn stud, that me and his uh, my train the guy I trained with um, he was really good. It was Ashley Clark uh, that he did good, really good on promos too. But we formed a tag team called the Bod Squad, mm-hmm. right? And um, so and that was kind of like what I did until I uh, till I kind of like started integrating and meeting wrestlers. And like I met Raven. And, like, Raven was, like, like, a partier, so he liked to go out, but I like to go out to the clubs. I'd see him out, and I was a wrestler, up-and-coming wrestler. And we knew. And so then uh, we became friends and started hanging out, and he, we kind of brainstormed one day and came up with the Disco Inferno character. So he yeah. actually, is, is he the first one who well, says well, yeah, this? Oh, yeah, because he, you know, it was funny, too, because me and Raven, there's a really funny history of us trying to develop characters mm-hmm. and we would film doing promos and like there was a collection of us like like the indie guys you yeah. know there was me and like uh uh ray lloyd who was glacier was like, like your thing i think you know i'm, I'm did i know canyon but like, like, he may have been part of the thing in kidman because i think they knew page before but we all kind of knew page too right okay but we would always be coming up with like gimmicks trying to come up with you know come up with gimmicks and raven had like this hysterical too like these, these, like hidden. There's these hidden tapes, like like Raven has like like the, the lost like Paulie Shore character tape. Okay. Raven was doing like a Paulie Shore character, going "Ow, buddy!" Oh you know, wow. you know, was, And like we just had like all, we would brainstorm gimmicks, but we kind of settled on the on the Disco Inferno one because he had had you know Raven has a lot of tapes. He's a, he's a big wrestling. Player. Yeah, but um, he he had wrestled in Calgary, and there was a character there on their TV called Doctor Johnny Fever. Okay. OK. And the guy was doing like a disco gimmick, but he quit doing it. He just did it for a couple of weeks on TV. But all the guy did was had like like the white disco jacket. Mm-hmm. That was the gimmick. he come <laughs> up with disco music, have white. he have his regular shrunks on everything. But the guy just like put a white jacket on. And all of a sudden he was like a disco character, Dr. Johnny Fever. And so I said, well, I could do that type of character because I was a big honky tonk man, Mark. Uh-huh. Back then. So I could just I'll just pattern that genre of like music, like, like the character, but work kind of like the honky tonk man style where mm-hmm. like, you know, he would come up and do the, yeah. you know, do the, dance. like, I would do shit like that. The like basic, whatever that. So, yeah. Do like a dance move. And like when he would do his thing, sure. I, I pattern my work after that. So it was like, it was kind of like, you know, plagiarism on a style, mm-hmm. but not a gimmick. Yeah, it was the
0: music style is the only thing. I was just actually watching Honky Tonk Match two minutes before we started this thing because I'm reviewing uh, Saturday Night's Main Event, and I'm in that era. Um, So,
1: USWA is where you you, Is it the Saturday Night's Main Event where Steamboat beats him? Or was that a a regular one?
0: I am right on the part where he's doing against Macho Man right now. It's 88. Okay, so
1: he's already beat Steamboat. Yeah, he's already got the title,
0: and I'm like... God, I miss that icy. title. You have no idea well, bro, what a mark I am for that icy plus, title.
1: Plus two, like, like, I, I love stuff like that back, you know, like wrestling back then because the commentary, like Jesse and Vince. It's Jesse and were Vince. we so, we're so good, but so simplistic yeah. in their commentary. It was just like, fit, you know, you know, they would be like, they'd be wrestling. The like thing is like, so like, like honky tonk man was actually maybe, maybe honky tonk man had, oh, he beat Jake.
0: Uh-huh. Okay, like they're
1: in the angle with yes. the guitar, yeah. you know. So he had beat Jake, mm-hmm. right? But but that was like a big upset when he beat Jake, and then he was getting a title match, and it was funny on that commentary, like like uh, like Vince was just subtly saying, like I don't think this man deserves a shot at this title, you know? Yeah. Like says, why why do you think he doesn't deserve it? He beat the you know he beat Butcher. He goes, well, that's that's like only one win and stuff. So, like they're they're selling the thing. Yes. So at the end when he beats him, Jesse is just so great. He's just so like happy said, you said he wasn't a contender. <laughs> wasn't a contender. And, and now he he's the champion. Like he was just throwing it in his face. And it was just hysterical. Like, you know, just like, I, I just love stuff like that. Like the like, iconic moments, you know, with, with like Jesse and Vince, especially. I I'm shocked. They, I thought they were the greatest commentary team of all time. I'm shocked. They haven't
0: cut out a lot of the Jesse stuff. Cause God forbid nowadays, because Coco right. beware goes to the ring and you know how that
1: <laughs> It's oh, like, yeah, right,
0: what yeah. does the B stand for? All that kind of shit. Right. Um, so we're we're gonna get to honky tonk man later in this because I this has been one of the things that has been in my head forever. Uh, so USWA, the birthplace of disco inferno, right? This is where right. you're first out there. I've seen the clips with you dancing out there, and the premise is you're mad that there's no more discos.
1: <laughs> right. Well, it's just like I was very green doing it. The, 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 the as a matter of fact, I'd stop doing the gimmick for a period of time. Okay. But then, but then Raven was was out there working in Memphis, uh, and he said he could get me a job as a Disco Inferno.
0: And you're like, whatever so he works. Did, he,
1: he, yeah, he brought me out there, and I, I I did like a six week run where we did the loop. Okay, so you, know, you know, you work in the territory. You do yeah. uh, Saturday morning Memphis TV, Saturday night Louisville, Sunday Evansville, and then just like various towns around there, and then you just work your way back to 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 Memphis. You know, and stuff. So um. And I just did, like, six weeks there, and it was funny, too. It's because I was, like, kind of, like, doing, like, the, the Andy Coffin type character and stuff, you know, whatever. But I had wrestled Jacqueline mm-hmm. on, on those loops oh, that's interesting. before I ever did, like, you know, back in yeah. there, Because they, they did a lot of weird – you know, PG-13 was, like uh, – they were helping me a lot because we were doing a lot of six-mans with me and PG-13 against Jackie – uh, it turned out to be like Scott, uh, the, the guy that was too cool with Brian Christopher, Scotty. Scotty. Too
0: yeah. Taylor. Right? I
1: was just working against him. And so, you know, so, but, but we were, you know, I, I was just working against all these people like later on that you would get, you know, the PG 13. So that's how you learn. Huh? I was learning people that were working in a in territory that were good workers. And that's, you know, I, I just did six weeks there, but I was still kind of green. Are you, you know, when used- like they, they got rid of me after like six weeks, um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of recycling of talent mm-hmm. back then, you know? Are
0: so. you staying at your parents' in the meantime, like, so you're not dealing no, no, with you too had, many bills? Lived,
1: we, 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 me and Raven had a trailer, oh. lived in a trailer park, like, like in Memphis. So, but you're living on the road.
0: Sure. But that's you why know, I'm yeah, thinking, so. like, when you're done, you go there to jump back on the road so you don't need to right. have a house or something. Right. Um, but I was
1: like, but it was funny, too, because when I left to, um, when I left to go to Memphis... I got picked up at my house. He's like one of the only wrestlers that's met my mother is Gangrel. Oh wow! Like i admitted, met He was going to Memphis to work, so he. <laughs> so yeah. I, I drove with I drove with Gangrel like down, <laughs> you know, to Memphis to start my like territory career, you know. So. How long from
0: when you start? Like I'm doing this disco inferno till you get like a call to be discovered? Like, come have a tryout on the Saturday Night Show. Uh,
1: I did three three years. On the indies but off and on i wasn't full-time indie. i was working another job, and um and i'd met page page new bischoff um i did a loop uh i i was working in the, the, the mississippi the, the casinos okay um and i went back there to work and terry taylor was helping run the show but he was also a road agent at wcw at the same time and through Paige and Terry, like Terry knew me and stuff and like my character. Paige got me a tryout, but I got my tryout against, um, uh, at the, um, where they're doing the, the, the Saturday TV team yeah. in Atlanta at the, uh, what, what to call the theater. Um, I forget that, what the, is at at The center stage yeah, theater is right? called. So, uh, I got a tryout match against Canyon doing the disco Inferno gimmick. Mm-hmm. And the, a lot of the, 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 fans from North Georgia wrestling, were like they would go to the TV tapings like Scott Hudson and Steve Prazak and stuff. They were announcers on the, on the North Georgia wrestling okay. show. I worked with them and stuff and everything, but they were also fans. All right. They would go to the TV tapings and like they would accrue you know, like you get your buddies, like a crew and everything. Sure. Well, I went, I went and did my tryout and they, and, and they started the disco sucks chant. <laughs> and so in my tryout match, I have like, like as much heat as any other yeah, heel on the show. Like people know they're, you. They're, they're, they're disco sucks. I was working the crowd and, and plus I was working Canyon. And you can't have a bad match, yeah. can you? You know, so it's like so so me and Canyon had a, a really good match. I got good heat head, and it's like I came back through the curtain, they basically hired me on the spot.
0: So you're pretty confident after this match is done, you're feeling pretty good like when you're walking oh, to the back sure. like, I, I fucking I, nailed I was, this. I
1: was I was the the one thing about me with with this business, I never was nervous. Well, when that was I was a question, Mike. you ever rows. been
0: like, I mean, is there then, the nerves just, going like, fuck, i got to have a match. And then once you're in it, you're totally relaxed.
1: Just never nervous. I mean, I, I was always. Any sports like that I, though? I Well, I'll tell you this. When I, when I worked, when I was nervous, I, I was never nervous. Right. Yeah. But, then when I, uh, um, like I started working big arenas, like when I was at WCW, when I left, and I went back and worked smaller shows. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as comfortable in the ring as the smaller shows as I was in the big arenas with, with the roar of the crowd because, like, you can hear individual Focused. things that people say. Yeah, it's like you just—you're not really you're listening one to by the one. crowd, like, because there's thousands of people like shouting and stuff. And maybe you can hear like you, know, but like in, in smaller shows, you could pick, you can pick out one guy in the crowd and get right the heckler. Right, yeah, you know? but you could—you get could fun, but it was just a different. Like I, I didn't, I, I'm not a fan of working small, smaller. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I, I, consider myself a big arena performer, sure. you know? So, so, uh, and I just never really liked going back and working smaller shows, you know, just, I mean, I like, you know, I like it as a performer, but just, it's just not the same rush, Yeah. you know, just right. You, you know, you know I'm talking about.
0: So. so when you're saying like, they pretty much offer you on the spot, how exactly like you walk through
1: that, take me back. You walk through that curtain. Who Terry, grabs Terry, Terry, you? Who says Congratulations. So? Really? Well, shook my hand. Okay. You know, shook my hand. Congratulations. Good. Good jobs. Like, yeah. you know. And so then they they set up a meeting, you know, like the next couple de- like a couple days later with Eric Bischoff at the CNN Center. Okay. So I knew I was getting contract getting you know I I wasn't officially hired.
0: Sure, but you knew it was meeting coming. Eric. Okay.
1: And I got there around time so he was coming out. You know, he it's funny I think he'd forgotten he was supposed to be meeting you but there's like oh let well <laughs> well let's go do lunch. Okay. Okay. So when it came down, just did the, you know, we sat there and talked and everything and he offered me basically the entry level, the entry level deal, which was thousand a week. Um, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing really set thousand sure. bucks a week, but you know, you're, you're making 50 you're there. bucks a match. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I like, wow. I got. I now I living. have a job. This is right? my job. So I got a real job. And this is the mid nine, you know, 1995, probably worth $150,000. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like, you know, 50, 50 K back then. Right. Um, so I got the entry level position was fifty thousand dollars or thousand fifty-two uh plus eighty-five, it bumps to eighty-five thousand if you're on one of the top four matches on the pay-per-view, and then mm. if you're one of the top two matches pay-per-view, it gets bumped to one twenty-five, right? Wow. So, okay. but in short order, I think the third month I was there, I, I got I was on one of the top four matches on the pay-per-view and got bumped up to eighty-five.
0: Very nice.
1: So, so it's like you know. You all said right. I got room;
0: I could make my own if I'm well, this good. Now we
1: got like yeah, eighty five thousand dollars. I've got you know traveling back then wasn't that bad because like you you, you buddied up with guys. Which sure. We you know until we started making better money down the road. You know, guys who stay at Super Eights together just you're saving money. You know, but um, but yeah, I was making eighty five thousand dollars a year. So. So when you when you get in,
0: do you ever think? Oh, I might want to brainstorm another gimmick. Are you worried about being stuck in that, or you're like, no. I this is works. I'm fucking in.
1: I'm. Well, they hired me for that for the yes. character. Right? but do you the, ever think was, of dude. down
0: the road stuff, like maybe I evolve, or that's not even in your head. You're going no, until you can't.
1: Because I got my. I mean, how how often, like you know, guys go to the WWE, and like I may have remember Barry Darceau from Mid South Wrestling, you know, but but you know he was a Repo Man. Sure. Yeah, So it's like it's not changing, it right? Yeah, so just like you do, you guys that had gimmicks back then, that's your gimmick and that's who you are, you know? So
0: jumping ahead after you're there for a little while, you're called in about this whole Jackie deal. And I wanted to go through it with you about how this even comes about. What is the first thing? Bischoff just says, come into my office. I want to talk to
1: you about something. You have no clue yeah, him, what's him, coming. Kevin Sullivan, and ba- back then they were, they were pushing Jackie pretty hard. Before the like China beating, deal, too, yeah. Well, she was beating everybody up, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, so they 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 said they want to do we want to do a match with her but like but Kevin and Bischoff that like neither of them were on the same page with what they wanted to do okay because I had four I had four months left on my deal oh like this is near the end of my end of my deals coming up okay like years, yeah and um
0: no one's talking to you about a new contract at this point either do they even know it's coming uh,
1: up I don't I don't know. Because, no one's ever approached him said, well, was Kevin Sullivan's telling me, he's like, well, "What? what do I see? Well, what do I do after I do this? And Kevin Sullivan, well, we see it, like, disappear for six months. <laughs> I mean, well, I got four months left on my deal. This guy obviously, either he doesn't no know that I only to have idiot. four months left on my deal, or he's like, you know. Hang on. So he goes, uh, so either, either he didn't know, or um, the, the writings on the wall, it's like, they, they want me to, like, to get beat by this girl, and then, then, then they're, they're getting rid of me? My stock is shit, Yeah. So I would go back and tell Paige and Terry Taylor and everything what they wanted me to do. Bro, Every not one single person said said to do it. Okay. They also they, they, they said, tell them no. You're not doing it. And you guys have more, and I, and I'm like, like, like you
0: guys allowed to like, I don't know about allowed, but you guys have the freedom to say, I mean, you only hear not, the Hogan. Really. It doesn't work for me, but
1: I, I, I had, I didn't have any clout. Yeah. I'd only been there for a little while, you know, and stuff and things. So like I told Eric, no, I can't do it. And he goes, okay, you're fired. Just like that, you said, just I like that, and you, and well, you I pretty him much him said, late, like, later, I, 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 I took some time for me to, to tell him sure whether I was doing that. So I went and saw him, and, and I told him I couldn't do it because okay, you're fired. I'm like, okay, and
0: you just pretty much like you gotta Perry. go, all right, fine, and pretend you're not, <laughs> you, you know, sell it, and you go, okay, I'm fired, yeah, and you really like, think right, you are I, fired at I, that but point.
1: But I, but 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 the thing was, is there, you know, there'd been feeler. nobody ever contacted me, but but like. Vince Russo was still writing the WWE magazine And he'd put a silhouette of me on on their thing Like Cummings Like I was going to be going there right And have they talked to you though at
0: that point at all
1: Well here's the thing They started calling me But I had the four month no compete clause Okay. So Cornette Uh, would call me
0: mm -hmm. Want to hear what Cornette asked him Go to patreon.com slash Mafia. You knew that was coming. If you want to hear the rest of the show, sign up. It goes month to month. It will not be billed at the start of each month. It is from whenever you signed up. We have plenty of shows over there, bonus shows. We're doing all the Saturday Night Main events in a row. And uh, every week, multiple shows reviewing AEW, WWE, and multiple just bullshitting shows. So come on over. Give it a try. See what you like. There's video over there. There's multiple tiers. Just check it out. Thanks to Glenn. I'm Cab Manning. Listen to the rest of the interview. This is Cav Manning from the Lingus Mafia podcast and host of the Wrestlinga Show. Why would you listen to the same old run-of-the-mill wrestling review show? Instead, listen to the Wrestlinga Show, we bust balls, and say what you're thinking. Black shows up and spooges in Julia's face. I don't know why she's freaked out. You know this is old hat. (laughs) And that was a light one compared to what she's probably used. We dove deep into Aaliyah's debut. She pukes all over her tits. Like uh, she spit oh. up a bowl of soup or something, tomato soup. What should dewdrops Flying Crossbody be called? Beware of the hog splash.
1: <laughs> go to
0: patreon.com slash lingusmafia and sign up for as little as five bucks. To find out where to listen to some of these shows for free, go to Twitter at Mafia.